0: This morning, our scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Once, when he was in the, one of the cities, there was a man covered by leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jennifer. It's an honor to have you here with us. Jennifer is an ordained United Methodist minister. She's serving. and an extension ministry in Appalachian State. So we're grateful that she and her husband Adam are, uh, and her mama Susie are part of this congregation, so thank you. Do we really wanna be healed? Do we really want the power of God working in our lives? Do we as a church wanna join in this healing ministry of Jesus to help people experience abundance and wholeness and health in their lives? Do we really think that can happen? Do we think we can do something today about that? Do we think that uh, people will come down and the walkers will be cast aside and folks, diseases will be healed? What are we handling, snakes next? what, What are we doing here? Do we think these things can happen in this place? Can we actually help facilitate the healing of body and soul? Can we join Jesus in this ministry? of healing and wholeness. Today's scripture text is one of the most compelling healing stories in all the gospels. We see this leper, this person who is ostracized from the community come to Jesus. And as we see this leper and his desire to healing, that's the first thing we have to ask ourselves is do we really desire to be made healthy and whole in our own lives? Because look what this leper had to do. The text said he went into a city to be with Jesus. Now, if you recall from the book of Levit- Leviticus, that lepers were ostracized from the community. They were told by the law that they could not be around other people. In fact, whenever they came within visual sight of somebody else, they had to yell out, Tame, 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 unclean, unclean, unclean. They wanted to let everyone around them know that you weren't around, supposed to be near me. And so this fellow caught off from family, from friends, and worst of all, from the faith community, was all by himself well, except for other lepers in little colonies, being fed by the benevolence of others or family members that would leave food on the edge of their encampment, and they would go and, and eat of, of the scraps of their, their family members or friends. So this man, desperate to be healed, desiring it above all else, broke the law, literally broke the law to see this one who he heard could give him hope of being made healthy and whole. He fell before Jesus. Jesus, can you make me clean? If you will it, you can make me whole. The question we have to ask ourselves is, well, do we really wanna be healed? Do we wanna be healthy and whole. Now, you might think that's a ridiculous question if you're dealing with some illness, you know, if you got a cold or you get dealing with uh, some sort of infirmity, of course you want to be healthy, right? Well, we all know folks that, well, as they say in the country, they enjoy ill health. You know, they enjoy being sick. You all know people like that, that folks that, that, that their identity is that, that, well, you know, I got this rheumatism or I got this problem, or, or they use it as a mechanism of control. You know, you know, I would help you out, but I got this bad back, you know? Y'all, some of y'all might remember Sanford and Sonny. Remember Fred G. Sanford, you know, whenever he had some work to do, so, well, my, my arthritis is bothering me there, son. I can't, I can't help out. We all might know some people that are divine, defined by their illness, or they use it as an excuse, or a crutch, or control. Do we want to really be healthy? But more importantly, And we believe that there is a sin sickness within us, and do we really want to relinquish it? I think about St. Augustine. Don't think about him too often, but I'm thinking about him right now. When we read his writings in the Confession, he talks about a time in his life where he's attracted to Christianity, but he's also in an illicit affair with a beautiful woman. And then he said this, he said, I prayed that I might be chaste, but I feared that you would answer all too soon. Though I wanted to be healed of my lust, really I wanted my lust satisfied rather than to be cured. There are people out there that, yeah, they want the benefits of being healed, but they don't want to have the disease removed. They uh, wanna be relieved of their guilt, but they kinda like sinning. They wanna be free of the control of the addiction, but they like the high that they get from that addiction. They wanna be released from the bitterness of anger, but they sure like the adrenaline of being mad at somebody else. Yes, you know, there are, are folks that, well, Maybe they really don't want to be healthy and whole after all. You desire to be made healthy? Desire for your soul to be made whole? Really? And, you know, we see something else about this leper. Uh, He refused to blame anybody. I mean, it would have been easy to blame other people. Back in Jesus' day, if someone was sick, one of the questions they asked was, well, I wonder what his mom and daddy did for him to deserve this. We see an example of this in John's Gospel when the Pharisees come up to Jesus and ask, hey, that blind fellow there, did he sin or is it his parents? For you see, there's this blame that goes on about somebody else causing your problems. Well, this leper wasn't gonna blame his parents. He wasn't going to blame the person that maybe gave him leprosy. And look at this. He had put away this blame of himself that maybe I have caused this. Maybe I'm the one that is the person that's made this happen. And have you all been there that something's happened in your life and you say, oh, if only I'd done this? Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And you blame yourself for what is happening in your life. Or you might even blame God. this leper refused to undertake the blame game. And it's only when we release a blame of others can we be open to healing. It's only when we release the blame of ourselves can we be open to God's work in our lives. I was reading a story about a woman who had been violently attacked by a man, just out of the blue. He jumped her, pulled a knife, and held it to her throat, and she prayed this prayer. She said, Lord, I am yours, I'm not this person's. And she said, it's amazing as she made that prayer, how this peace came over her. And she began to speak in a way she couldn't believe to this individual. She she said, sir, I am praying for you. I want what's best for you. I don't want any harm to come to you. And she said it was amazing how this man's countenance changed. It was one of anger. You could see the hatred in him. And it's like it all melted away. And he, he said, I don't want to hurt you either. He put the knife away and walked off. Now this attack affected this woman but she said through prayer and through counseling and through this release of any blame of that individual i saw him as a broken and hurting person i was able to move on because i was able to forgive we saw you know a few years ago in that emmanuel amy church there in charleston when uh, Dylan Roof went in there and shot up everybody. What well, was the first thing those people did in that church? They didn't blame them. They forgave them. And see to be open to the healing of work, of healing in our lives so we can move beyond whatever's happened to us. We gotta forgive. Folks, I know that personally. We have to forgive or the healing can't come the healing can't come so this leper desperate to be healed goes into the city breaking the law putting aside all the blame of himself or others or even god and falls at the feet of this one who says who he says to lord if you're willing you can make me clean and can't you see the compassion in Jesus' eyes? Can't you see the look of love in Jesus' face? I'm willing to be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Joseph Fitzmyer, in his great commentary on the Gospel of Luke, says that in Luke's Gospel, in Luke's telling of the story of Jesus, we see this overwhelming sense of God's desire for healing and wholeness to come to people. We see the example of this in Luke 4, where Jesus starts off His ministry there in Nazareth, and what does He say, quoting Isaiah? He says, I have come to bring good news to the poor, sight to the blind, liberty to the captive, and that all of the oppressed might go free. You see, Jesus' work is about wholeness and health of individuals. The word that we translate salvation or saved in the Greek language also means healing. The word is sozo. So when Jesus is there, Before Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus, after he climbs down from the tree, and he says all these things about what he's going to do, Jesus laughs and says, salvation has come to this household. He said, healing has come to this household. Healing of greed. Healing of the sin sickness of obtaining obtaining things at the expense of others. Healing and being forgiven of the seeking after power. You see, the ministry of Jesus is saving all of us. It's making us all healthy and whole. In our Methodist understanding of salvation, we don't see it as so much being a legal transaction. Wesley described it as that our souls are made healthy and whole. He quoted the fourth century theologian and Bishop Macarius who said that our spirits are made well when we come to Christ. You see, it's a healing process, y'all, that happens in our lives. It's the will of God for us to be healthy and whole in our spirits. Now, some are going to make this claim, well, you know, it's God's will that I'm sick. It's God's will that I'm sorrowful. It's God's will that I have these things happening to me. But that's not God's ultimate will for us at all. Margaret Whitehall Smith, in her book, The Secret of a Christian's Happy Life, tells a story about a woman who came to her and said, you know, I'm... I'm, afraid to pray the prayer, thy will be done. And Hannah Whitehall Smith said this. She said to this woman, she said, now suppose your son Charlie came up to you. And she she said, Charlie said this, he said, mama, I want you to do what you would with my life. I want you to have your way with me. I I want to obey everything that you say. I, I want to be able to do everything that you would have me to do. And every parent right here, right now, saying amen to that, right? Yeah, right. What would you do? Would you abuse him? Would you treat him poorly? Would you want bad things for him? She said, oh, not at all. I'd hug Charlie in my arms. I'd want the very best for him. I would want him to, I would want to direct him in ways that I thought was best for his life. And then Hannah Whitehall Smith said this, you love Charlie more than God does? You see, she said, that God's wonderful will for us is sweeter than riches or fame or fortune or ease or friends or family. His adorable will for us is a a bright halo, a bright divine halo, shining in the darkness. It is light that enlightens the most gloomy of our pathways. That's God's will for us. God's will for our lives. Now, I know some of y'all are asking the question, yeah, but what about the kids that get cancer? What about the young person that's cut down early in life? What about the houses that are destroyed by storms or tornadoes or floods? What about this stuff that's going on in Ukraine with all the warfare and all the people being killed and all the innocents dying? That's not God's will for them or for us. God's ultimate will for us is healing and health and wholeness. And a wonderful book that maybe y'all have read, The Will of God by Leslie Weatherhead, where he, in that book, describes what God's will is in the light of the bombings that are going on in Britain during World War II. He tells his people, God's ultimate will for you is not this suffering. God longs for us to be whole in every way. So I... We can't explain sometimes why bad things happen. We can't. They do, we live in a broken and fallen world. And I can't explain either why sometimes prayer seems to be so effective and sometimes it is not. In a small South Alabama town, I served in a woman named Bonnie contracted cancer. And we all gathered at at the church to be praying for Bonnie. We all did. And when Bonnie went to the doctor the next week, he said, I don't know what has happened, but the tumors are no longer there. I can't explain it, the doctor said. But Bonnie was cancer free. But I can't explain this that a young man with three young boys also contracted cancer. And we all gathered again to pray in the church for Yancey. And we fervently lifted him up to the Lord. And yet the cancer took Yancey at the young age of 43. I can't explain why Bonnie was healed and Yancey was not except to say this, that even though that leper was cured of his leprosy, guess what? He died. He died. Something else, but he died. And we know, as was said last week, it grieves the heart of of the Lord when he, you know, Jesus wept, why did he weep in his divine nature? He saw all the brokenness in the world. He sees all that and, and he weeps with us. But not even Jesus, escaped mortality. We all face it. It's a part of who we are. But I think the answer comes in what Jesus talked about a few chapters later in in Luke. When Jesus is teaching on prayer, he goes through several parables and several explanations about it. And then he makes this astounding claim there in the 11th chapter. He says this, will the Lord your heavenly Father not also grant to all who ask for it His Holy Spirit. Meaning, all who pray for God to come into their lives, all who pray for that presence of the living Christ to come into their lives, that prayer is answered yes. Simon Tugwell in his book on prayer said this, we are wrong to think that God is a dispenser of good things. For God has nothing to offer to us, but His very self. And that is enough. So, here in a minute, you're gonna be invited to come forward uh, to receive anointing of oil and to hear a simple prayer, come Lord Jesus, bring healing of body, mind and spirit. And as we pray for the presence of christ to come maybe maybe someone will experience some relief from some grief that has caused you untold sorrow it will start you on a pathway to untold joy maybe some people will come and begin to feel the urge to heal a relationship that has been broken. Maybe some will begin to release some bitterness within their hearts. Maybe some person here will be able to begin the process as the healing comes to be free from an addiction that's binding them to the forces of darkness. Maybe someone in our midst has a terminal illness and they'll come forward and receive the anointing And be able to face their own mortality with a sense of peace. Because really, we're all of a mortal illness, don't we? But maybe, maybe someone will come forward and receive the anointing and something totally unexplainable will happen. A lame will walk, a blind will see, a tumor will be removed. I don't know. All I know is that Jesus invites you to come forward, and as you make the plea within your heart, oh Lord, make me clean. He says, I will you to be clean. I will it that you be healthy and whole and free. So, do you want to be made well? Jesus invites you to come And experience whatever healing you long for this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.